Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing, based in Motorvale, Sydney's Northern Beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Sorry to all our listeners for the extended delay. Been away overseas with the family, so had to be done. But uh, always pumped to get back on deck, talk to uh, Mark Cashman and Andrew Swain. All the things that have been happening in the Shoot Shield. We missed a couple of rounds, so we'll check out rounds 9 and 10. And we've got a bumper, round 11, coming your way. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round 10 review and briefly round 9. Sorry I missed the uh, week that was, uh, gents, but I'm, I'm back on deck. Uh, Mark Cashman from Rugby News is here. How are you, Casho? It was the week in Fiji, uh, Burjo, was it? A bit of a, a, bit of a, a, a scouting operation for the Marlins, perhaps? Bull of Anaka, Mark. Uh, you know what? Funnily enough, back in the day, 1996, my father recruited a Fijian player on uh, family vacation at the same place, Castaway <laughs> Island. He recruited a player called Imori Bola Bola, if you remember the name. Uh, I do. Good, I player do. In, good player in the 90s. Uh, but, um, yeah, no recruitment from me this time around, mate. I, I did thoroughly enjoy my Fijian experience. So I got a Got a good watch of the uh, the Fijian Drew. I unfortunately couldn't get to the game. It was sold out. As soon as I'd arrived, I'd asked the question, were there any tickets? Um, it was uh, very much sold out. And uh, what a great game it was. And uh, Swaney, mate, they're very passionate people about their rugby. They certainly are, mate. And you fit right in with all your bandwagoning with the Fijian and Drew gear that we saw on social media too. So mate, uh, very tough- well played. It's been a tough couple of years for the COVID-stricken Fijian tourist market, so it was the least I could do by chucking some Drew kit on. I'll tell you. That had to, mate. Well done. Mate, it's good gear. They had some really good gear, and um, I thought it looked pretty flash. But, um, yeah, I, I go back and um, I was sort of tweeting after the game and sort of mentioned I just it's, you struggle to see a rugby nation with as much passion for the game as they do. I knew the All Blacks always and, the, and New Zealanders always love the game of rugby deep in their heart, but not as expressive as the Fijians, I would say. I just think um, there's been a lot of talk about the islands and, uh, you know, their financial issues. Obviously, Fijians probably the strongest of the Pacific Islands, but uh, long may it continue, Cash, and hopefully the, the, the money and the investment keeps going into these areas uh, for the strength of the game. And I think they're going to maybe, you know, turn some heads come test season, given how many players are playing together in the Drua. Yeah, I think there's 16 from that draw squad that are uh, in this specific Nations Cup uh, sort of series. But uh, you know, looking long term, you can you can see the development that's happening uh, with uh, with Fiji and rugby. You know, not only not only the men but the women, uh, and that can only be good. And uh, you know, when we, when we pull together some sort of uh, Southern Hemisphere Six Nations. Mm. They should be a, a, a vital part of that, along with Japan, be a, be a great series. Well, I was watching that game, and it's a seriously uh, volatile crowd, hostile crowd rather. Um, and you just made you think with that high humidity and temperature, Swaney, there would have been a few Super Rugby sides that really would have struggled there if Drew got a full set of uh, fixtures this year at home. Oh, one hundred percent. I've been to Fiji and called some NRC over there back in the day when the Fiji yep. and Drew were playing. And 
you, you, the the crowd um, rises with the play. So you know, someone makes half a break, and all the crowd gets up, and the whole it's like an one organism. It all kind of rises up in one hit, yeah. And then it and then it pulls back down, and then it goes back up again. And and I reckon if you're a visiting team. Like just absorbing that energy would be really hard. I know I'm getting a bit deep here by the sounds of it, but no, but it, it'd be actually very hard to absorb as as you're playing as well. Um, you know, hard to hear calls in the lineout. Hard to you know hear your your scrum half trying to call you around the corner or whatever. It's it's just a hard place to go when that atmosphere is so intense. But the athleticism and the physicality of the Fijians, I mean, they're just built like absolute fridges, these guys. They're just oh, powerful, yeah. fast, explosive, and they just kept coming. I mean, that, that 100-metre trial was just fantastic. I mean, ironically, the chief swinger scored three tries, and he's a Fijian himself. So they got plenty of talent in the <laughs> islands. And, too uh, much. Too much, yeah. And, uh, look, hopefully that just goes from strength to strength because rugby in the area certainly needs it. Um, the Super Rugby is coming into its penultimate weekend. Uh, we've said goodbye to two Australian sides in the first week of the finals. Reds going down the Crusaders, and it's come to an end for the Waratahs, who've had a fantastic sort of, uh, what would you call it, a foundation year under Darren Coleman, Casho? Well, you know, yeah, they uh, they have put uh, some fairly sizable bricks in place of their foundation. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, like uh, in the end, it was probably... Uh, you know, they they'd probably reached their peak, I suppose. You'd uh, you'd, you'd sort of like say, and then they uh, they just need to sit back, uh, consider what they've done, and you know, plan to do better next year, which I'm which I'm sure they're going to do. Yeah, I think uh, Darren's done a fantastic job. I I just get the feeling that you know, I think the biggest issue for the Waratahs has been they really haven't grasped the imagination of maybe the club rugby scene. I think you know, with Darren um, at the helm this year, I think everyone's felt very much that the side that's been put out week in, week out is the best the state can offer. And uh, we've really got behind it. It's a really exciting time for the game uh, in the state. I mean, I, I know Darren will be disappointed in the way in which they went out, but they've already got an eye on next year's one and some high-profile recruits coming in. I believe, obviously, Kirtley Beal is uh, heading back to Australia and I read Namani Nadolo and they've got to make a decision on Tolu Latu. So I think Darren said straight after the Chiefs game they've got to get bigger. Um, so that would maybe reflect that uh, in, yeah. those, in those links straight away. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He, he did. He said he, he wants his sides to be bigger, faster and stronger, um, yep. which, you know, that's – I reckon that's a pretty standard coach call across uh, all teams. But, yeah, in his case, he's absolutely right. And and, and with those recruits coming, uh, I reckon you're going to – yeah, certainly with Nindolo, uh, you, you're going to achieve mm. that so, – uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to next year. It was really, you know, as a, as a guy who's pretty much a neutral, um, you know, when it comes to the Waratahs, I love watching them play this year, and it was uh, it was great to see them be so successful, particularly after such a shocking year last year. Yeah, no, they'd certainly uh, found their mojo. You think back to the 2014 side, uh, just on the size of the pack. I mean, we had Skelton, Potgetter, they were huge ins, and. Uh, Hopefully, you know, next year coming back to the Sydney Football Stadium, Casho, there'll be uh, plenty of bums on seats to see what they can do in year two. Yeah, Leichhardt certainly was, uh, you know, it was great to see that hill filled in. So yeah. uh, it was uh, it, it, it was sort of like real, really good that that sort of happened. Uh, uh, the, the, the footy stadium, we might see some test rugby in it before the end of this year, apparently, during the uh, 
during the rugby championship. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it will attract uh, some good crowds, and that's great to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they convert from Leichhardt, which has been a great success with the Hills sort of aspect, into more of the corporate sort of commercial stadia. But uh, we love our SFS, and I drove past the other week. It looks a million bucks from the outside. Well, 100 million bucks from the outside. A million bucks doesn't get you much in, the East, in football yeah. stadia. But, um, yeah, looking really forward to going back there next year. What do we think this week, um, Swain? Are we going to give um, the Brumbies a chance against the uh, – the ominous-looking blues. Oh, look, you, you've got to dare to dream, don't you? I yeah. mean, the, the Brumbies pushed the blues to the 81st minute in Canberra a couple of weeks ago. It's just whether they can, you know, get over mentally that Eden Park uh, that Eden Park hoodoo, I guess. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you what, if the Brumbies can win at Eden Park, it'll go a long way to, to helping the Wallabies overcome that mental hurdle as well. Mm. I reckon that's the only thing that's really that, that's going to stand in the way of the Brumbies because they're a good enough team to beat the Blues. We've seen that already uh, this year. So, um, yeah, look, you've got to dare to dream. Having said that, like, you probably put your money on a Blues Crusaders final at Eden Park the following week. Um, you know, the Crusaders-Chiefs game will be interesting as well. The Chiefs actually beat the Crusaders in Christchurch in round four. So, And it was a cracking finish. So... Um, you know, there's there's a bit of uh, a bit of history there too, but I'd say that the the safe money is Blues Crusaders final at Eden Park. Yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting, Swaney, and, and in in particular, there's the the control that Bowden Barrett's uh, brought to the Blues game. And listen, I just love the work of uh, Roger Tuivasa Sheik in in the middle of the field. I tell you what, he's a fast learner. He's uh, he's virtually what is he? 13 or 14 games into a in, in, into a rugby career and look how far he's come, you know. Yeah. And, uh, Dan Foster would be crazy if he doesn't pick him. Great footwork at uh, at the at the advantage line and it's uh, it's a different way of playing but it uh, it works. Yeah, he's looking he's looking great as is uh, Rico Ioannis playing some sensational footy. So the Blues have been um, the side to catch all year. Be interesting to see how the next couple of weeks plays out. But yeah, as, as we said. Hopefully the Brumbies can do something special. Uh, before we move on, I have to mention uh, the Aussie Sevens win in London. Wasn't that absolutely fantastic, uh, especially seeing such a healthy contingent of uh, shoot shield players? Uh, that final was uh, one to remember, Swaney. Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and to beat the old foe as well in New Zealand um, up there in London. You, you're right, that last play, it was Josh Turner, Manly Marlin, who tapped it back. Yeah, he's Corey got great Tool. hops, Josh. <laughs> yeah, to Corey Toole, who's John Ident Cup playing uh, last year. Then he sends it across to Ben Maher, who's a rat, who sends it across to Henry Patterson, East's player, and, uh, and there's the match winner. Like, all club rugby guys last year. Mate, um, what about Henry Patterson? Sorry, was that the game of his life? Like, oh, yeah. If, you, just, if, if anyone hasn't watched it, go on YouTube and watch the final. This guy has just absolutely gone into just God mode, and just yeah. he just had a he had a phenomenal tournament. And I know, uh, reading some stuff about him, uh, he'd come back from a couple of uh, really bad injuries, but holy hell, he was just fantastic. Corey Tool's obviously been been a star as has Josh Turner, but. Wow, Patterson, it's just unbelievable. I think the other thing we should mention before we move into the club stuff is the effort of the Wallaroos uh, earlier this week. They uh, they pushed that New Zealand side in the wet 
to uh, a 23-10 victory in the end. But uh, listen, there was some real green shoots in that Wallaroos performance, I thought. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, look, uh, keep an eye on them. Yeah, everything's sort of uh, looking good in and around sort of the game. Obviously, the sevens programs and the women's going great. So that's very positive as we head into test season. So I'd be interested to see what Rennie's uh, side looks like next week, which we'll talk about then. Uh, okay, into the shoot shield action. I obviously uh, wasn't on deck for round nine. Let's have a quick read of those results. Uh, West Harbour 17, uh, ever-improving Pirates went down around Rambic at home, 17 to 20. Um, East lost to Manly at Ladies Day at Eastern Suburbs, 22 to 25. Marlins getting the win there. Rats at home, uh, too good for Hunter, 42 to 21. Gordon went down to Uni at home, 19, Uni 27. South 18, Woods 36. Uh, two Blues and Norse 34 to 33. So some interesting results. Again, so tight. So many results um, decided in five points or less. I guess, uh, you know, East did click into gear this week, but uh, they sort of had another loss there on Ladies' Day. But West Harbour seemed to be on the improved casher, which is good to see. Yeah, and it, it was probably underlined by their performance in uh, in, in, in sort of like round 10 there. Yep. You know, they're getting a trickle back of players that have have been there over different years. And I think the uh, the coaching of Joe Barricat's kicking in and, uh, you know, they're, they're playing a, a good structured uh, form of rugby and, and 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 getting some pay off the work of guys like Carlo Tizzano, uh Cody Hawkins at, uh, at, at fullback and a couple of others like that. They're, uh, they're trucking along quite nicely. Yeah, well, let's start there. So round 10 results, uh, first cap off the rank was that game at Rat Park. Ringa 33 West Harbour 32. This was a wild game. The lead changed hand four times um, in the final 10 minutes. And that man again, uh, Ben Woolett, stepped up to kick a, to kick a match winner. Uh, he's becoming um, a, a key player for the Ruddies, but uh, a pretty amazing game this, won't he? The Iceman, Ben Woolett. Mm. Yeah, he's the new Iceman, I reckon. He's um, like it was crazy, wasn't it? And, and that, that last few minutes... Jack Debrasini, back from overseas, obviously, puts a West Harbour Pirates jersey on and then comes out onto the field, kicks what everyone thought was the winning points. Yeah. Uh, from a, it was a decent-sized kick too. Great kick. He absolutely nailed it. And then mm. um, and then up the other end, it was a clear penalty, obviously. Uh, it, was. It, wasn't, it wasn't yeah. an easy kick. Uh, no. It was probably 43 out just in, you know, in front pretty much. Oh, with and, those uh, levers, it's not too far. He, oh, man, he, absolutely, he absolutely smashed it and yeah. it would have gone over from 60, I reckon. And Yeah. Um, yeah, the crowd. Oh, how good did the crowd sound? It absolutely went ballistic and the boys mm. were all getting around him. It was a, it was a great ending. Uh, and you, you did feel for the West Harbour boys after, you know, after such a brave effort up there at Rat Park. But, yeah, it was... It was Ah, oh, was scenes. The hillbillies would have been doing backflips. Yeah, it's um, got, not going to lie, down at Manly Oval, we thought West had won and we were starting to smile and then uh, saw the final score trickle over and I uh, oh, just went, oh, damn it. <laughs> Typical Marlin fan. We're adamant that Ringer never start well, but they always come home. So, uh, yeah, the rats, uh, rats snuck home. Their cash was just a great game. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I I continue to like the uh, the work of their halfback, uh, uh, Red Butler. He's he's yep. having a, a good game, and and Wes Thomas is finally coming in into the form that he promised 
over the past sort of 12 months or so. Connor Hickey at number 10, I thought, uh, did some good stuff. And, you know, they've always got those guys on the edges. They've got Woolett, they've got Harry Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there's uh, there's some pretty pretty good game breakers there. And, uh, listen, they'll, uh, they'll continue to, uh, to, to climb up that ladder. Is it safe to say Hickey's nailed down that number 10 jersey? I mean, he had an absolutely brilliant performance uh, last week against Hunter. Um, obviously, they got up again. Uh, he just looks so potent in attack, but uh, Dean Bloor's still at the club, so it's an interesting selection headache, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, it's it's a nice one to have, isn't it, for Mike Riven? I, I, I do think that Connor Hickey, though, probably just has the edge at the moment just because he's, he's, be, yeah. he's, he's, he's just stepping up at the crucial times for them, getting them those tight wins. Um and he's the man at the helm generally. So, yeah, I think he's got the front running at the moment, just just purely from an observational view. Yeah, no, it's, and all, and it's also on a West Harbour point of view while we're at that game. Good to see Tizano, Carlo Tizano, continuing to play. He's, he's got a big yeah. contract with the Ealing Trail Finders in the English mm. division next year. So he's he's obviously going to finish his shoot shield commitments and then uh, then sort of head over there. They're a, they're a very aspirational club. They probably should have been promoted uh, twice over the past two years, but uh, uh, powers that be uh, don't reckon that their ground's good enough. So, uh, yeah, good, good to see that he's going to be contributing to uh, their cause over there. Oh, good on him. And uh, obviously he deserves to be playing at, at that sort of a level. He's been an absolute standout since... Uh, Coming back to the club scene, um, but he will be missed by the Pirates. We'll move on to the next game. Uh, Gordon at home went down to the Beasties. Uh, Beasties were a bit of a desperation derby, we were calling it uh, last week. Gordon 13, East 33. Um, Josh Smith, the East hooker, had a day out, scored a hat-trick. Certainly the benefit of the the driving mall, but uh, East really controlled the game from the get-go. They led 33-8 to with a couple minutes, I think, Gordon scoring on the bell. So... uh, Things are going from bad to worse a little bit, uh, Chatswood Casho. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you know things things weren't going all that well for East, and they, they sort no. of that five game uh, sort of losing streak. But uh, you mentioned the Rolling Mall, and that was very much the uh, the story of probably the first fifty to sixty minutes. The game really didn't open up that much, but no. uh, I thought Bowen uh, did some good stuff, and fullback Dan Donato I thought was uh, was very very good. On a Gordon sort of like point of view, I think they're uh, they're a wee bit undermanned and uh, at the moment. But it was good to see Joey Morton get some time on the field. So uh, yeah, well, that's a that's a big return. So they'll certainly need him. And you know, obviously things aren't going too flash. But given the fact that it's a top eight, Swanee, they they're only a few points out of the finals race. And this is what is really interesting about the that little battle down the bottom of the table, isn't it? Because it only mm. takes a one or two wins, and you're back in the you're back in the mix. Um, yep. Yeah, Gordon again. Like it feels like just the bounce of the ball occasionally just doesn't go their way. They just they're just not getting any luck at the moment. Um, no, you know it, it was good to see Joe Walton. Um, you know, back in the back in the mix, though. Um, you know, they're still they're still missing. You know, Silk. Um, that's a that's a big out. He probably won't. You know, probably won't get back for much this season, if at all. Mm. I'm told. So it's like um, they've been so tight, and and they've had some really tight losses for a while. Obviously, the weekend was a blowout, but once you 
you start getting those losses and you, you're trying everything you can. I mean, they gave Uni a pretty good game the week before. Uh, obviously, Uni are, are, are a very good side. But, you know, once they start to accumulate those tight losses, the confidence starts to go, doesn't it? And that's, that's the hard thing for, for any team in that situation. Yeah, yeah it, uh, it, it certainly is. That, uh, as you were saying, uh, you know, string a couple of wins together, all, all of a sudden you're, uh, you're in contention and, uh, you know, you're, you're playing post, uh, post-season footy. One of the other good contributors I thought for uh, for Gordon was the halfback Harry Emery, who's who's been at uh, Norse, he's been at Manly, and now he's uh, now he's at his uh, his dad's old club, Gordon. So uh, good to see he's getting a bit of a continued run because he's uh, he's been knocked about a bit by injury over the years. I, I just was having a bit of a think about the the top eight boys just while we we're on that, and mm. we were talking, I think we were speaking about a couple of weeks ago with the top eight in Super Rugby, it's straight knockout and all that sort of stuff. Yep. But actually, having eight teams in the in a 12-team comp in the finals, it just keeps more fans engaged for longer. It gives people a bit of hope. So I actually, like, I think I might have turned my tune a little bit. I'm actually... Oh, like here we go. Your turn, Kate, mate. We're strictly like top six in this podcast. But <laughs> I, I like it. I like the top eight. Why not keep more people engaged for longer? It's good. Okay. Berger, Berger. Tony, how many participation boards you got hanging on your uh, in your trophy cabinet, mate? <laughs> I've got lots, mate. You know that. Berger, <laughs> the top eight you you're awarded for for becoming uh, for finishing in the in the top four. You know the qualification in the first week. You know, winning sides get a weekend off. It's very, it's the AFL model that we're uh, we're running by. But uh, listen, if, if if you want to go for uh, uh, top six, well, you can watch third grade and fourth grade. You know, yeah. they're operating under a top six. Uh, oh, are they? Protocol. Yeah, exactly. What, what just gets weirder? Well, let's be honest, guys. If the Marlins are in eighth or ninth position, I'd be strongly advocating it. So. <laughs> So, yeah, it's probably just my bias coming out. But, yeah, anyway, roll it on. As you say, it'll make it very interesting. And certainly East, um, you'd think, will definitely get a couple of players. Obviously, this Australia A situation is going to maybe take a few more players out of the shoot shield than we thought, Casho. Yeah, I, th- I think that's going to be the way. They're, they're obviously going to be based in Fiji for the Pacific Nations Cup for their mm. two or three games. I think I think they're playing. So yep. uh, all those players will be over there. I think there'll be a, a squad of around about 30-odd uh, over there. And then, you know, you, you fly back if Dave Rennie needs you or, 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 or whatever. So that's probably another three weeks out of the shoot shield, shield season. So they're probably... Some of those guys like Tane Edmed, perhaps, or something like that, you probably won't see them at shoot shield level till three weeks, a month before the uh, before this fantastic top eight system clicks into gear. Yeah, I was having a chat with a notable first grader who shall remain unnamed, but he was sort of <laughs> saying sometimes it's not the best thing chucking so many high-level players in at once and can upset the sort of chemistry card if you're trucking along okay. So it's a fine balance, isn't it, Swanee? Because we, we have seen for a team like East not necessarily work in the past. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, that maybe East is the exception to that to that rule yeah. this time around. They might mm. benefit from a couple of players. But you're right, if you have too many uh, th- thrown in there, it can, it can certainly be disruptive. And not only, uh, you know, just in first grade, but... You, you, you go back through the grades, guys start slipping back, um, you know, back through the grades and it, it, it 
almost upsets a whole club rather than just the the top team as well. One of the other things with it is is that uh, the pace of Super Rugby is different to the pace of Shoot Shield. So a, a lot of the a lot of the timings are completely different to what they've played for 16, 20 weeks of the season. So it does take them two or three weeks to adjust, you know. As Eddie Jones used to say, if, you, if, you, if you're a test player and you're coming back to play Shoot Shield, you should be scoring 100 every time. Well, that's that's true. I mean, I was talking to DC about it, saying just this. Show. I bet some some players from the Tars come back to clubs, and you go, "Oh shit, he's playing. We're in trouble." Where some players come back, you're like, "Oh, I'm not really worried about him." Like Tolu Latu, for example, absolute nightmare at club level. Yeah. Jed Holloway, nightmare. Um, you know, those kind of players are just um, just absolutely dominant when they come back to club footy, regardless of when they come in. Then some backs you don't sort of worry about. You know, it's, it's, it's funny how that sort of works. But, yeah, interesting observations. Anyway, we'll move on. There was a great game of touch football at Coogee Oval, Casho. What happened? Randwick 44, North 44. This is uh, one of the more bizarre fixtures of the season thus far. I, I wouldn't be describing it as a game of touch football, Jack, to be quite honest. It was it was one of the better games I've seen over the past 10 years of Shoot Shield footy. It was yeah. an absolute belter. 12 44 all. It was absolutely fantastic. Skill, uh, you know, robust defence. All sorts of things were... were really must offence. It was 44 points scored <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Did you guys see the James Turner try? So it was belter. Oh, One of the tries yeah. of the season. Yeah, it was shit hot. It was I'm reliably informed. He dropped it cold, did, like from, from a foot off the ground, didn't even get close to grounding it, and... Celebrated like he'd scored it anyway, and then afterwards was apologising or not apologising, was having a laugh about it with other players. And maybe he spiked it, Swaney, like an NFL spike. Well, it was, I, it was I that believe it was. Hey, it was just out of camera shot, so you didn't actually see it. So he can forever say he scored that try. But I'm reliably informed he, he gave up the the game straight after the game. Wow, <laughs> I, I I was right in that corner there, in amongst this. Uh, gaggle of uh, Ramwick supporters and I said it looked like a try to me so obviously the referee obviously had second thoughts later on and uh, decided that uh, he had to give a penalty try up the other end so that's, <laughs> uh, that's the way it, it turned out. Which again mm. penalty try that was a controversial call in itself wasn't it? Yeah but in, in, an interesting uh, way things sort of turned out there. Uh, Ramwick had a had, had a new uh, number ten who uh, had a mm. had a positive effect on their game. Kobe Milne, I think uh, I, I think Randwick are sort of like coming together. They uh, yep. they uh, they had one of the hail at petties there in the second row, so there's there's a bit more size about them at uh, at this stage of the season. Uh, Milne kicked a field goal just before uh, half time, and then uh, and then and then there was the, uh, the the manic stuff all throughout the uh, the second half. But it was just a uh, it was just a, a, a great, great uh, game of footy. Ollie Barden, the Randwick hooker, scored a, a couple from a rolling mall, and Brody Lieber continues to uh, to uh, get on the scoreboard. There, he had a great uh, sort of running game and uh, and 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 made a couple of uh, try assists as well. But uh, all in all, I thought it was quite an entertaining game of footy. Sounds like a ripping game. I tell you what, Swaney, I wouldn't mind Max Beery in my side. He's a he's a oh. gun. Yeah, absolute player, isn't he? He's a baller. That's yep. for sure. Uh, 
I and he's like the other guy who keeps throwing his hand up is Nick Duffy. He does it again this week. Yeah, like just the consistency. And also, if you get a chance to watch Clubland, have a look at some of his work later on in the Coogee Diggers off the field singing Hey Jude in karaoke. Uh, some of the best, some of his best work. So uh, a leader on and off the field. But um, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a cracking game and, and some you know guys really throwing their hands up uh, across the board. For I reckon Duffy's in, in the mix for catch pole at the moment, in my opinion. Yeah, Max is... Uh... Uh, getting a run at uh, extended run at ten because uh, Angus Sinclair's had an ankle operation. Probably be back probably about round fourteen or fifteen, mm. I believe. So, uh, but he's uh, he's he just adds he's 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 a different number ten. Put it that way. So, uh, and he, you know, like he, he really challenges defence. He's uh, quick off the mark uh, as a former rugby league player. So, uh, yeah, he's going along nicely. Yeah, a lot of those guys, the rugby league background, are uh, showing themselves to be very useful. Norse do look like they've had a couple of injuries there, Casho, in the back line, particularly obviously Sinclair's one, but maybe some outside backs too? Uh, or Max Bury, uh, sorry, uh, uh, the uh, the captain, Harry Bury, uh, got a uh, got okay. a concussion early in that game too. Okay. So they're probably going to be without him for uh, for a little while. And uh, Nathan Russell... Uh, Cop one on, on on the hooter, so he was uh, he he had the mask on uh, late, yeah. late in the game. And so, uh, Reese Mao is he out as well? He's uh, he had a knee operation uh, mm. last week. Uh, will probably be back within a month, I'd say. So uh, you are right. There's, uh, there's there's a few men down, but there's a, there's a wee bit of depth there. And uh, uh, Jimmy the Jets back on deck, and uh, that's obviously going to add add, uh, add to their uh, their their edge work. Considerably, knee and ankle ops, and they're both back in the same season. Swanee must have some pretty good surgeons over there at North Shore. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's uh, some real wizards with the uh, with the tools. With so. The scalpel. Yeah, with the, exactly right. Exactly right. Get them <laughs> no, in. Good. Get them out. Get them good on the see. keyhole, and they no, can be go. Want to see them on deck? Uh, great players, and uh, sure, North will feature come the pointy end. And I think you're right, Ramick. Uh, Ramick uh, purring along nicely, one to watch for sure. Um, let's talk about South's big win at Newcastle. Big win because lots has happened at South in the last fortnight. Todd Loudon has moved on from the club. Obviously, um, they've had some you know difficult uh, results or a stretch of bad results this year, and they've made the change back to Matt Barr, very popular uh, man down at Southern Districts, had a long stint as first-grade coach, uh, prior to uh, Loudon, obviously, has always had the club sort of uh, up in the higher end of the table, but um, looks like they've got the typical new couch bounce. Uh, would you say, Casho? New yeah, coach, yeah, very new much. Couch, new coach bounce. I meant to say this. This all unfolded publicly uh, on 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 the Saturday, but obviously was happening on uh, on uh, Thursday night where they. They had the uh, the amicable separation, as uh, as uh, President Brad Devine explained to me. But uh, it was uh, it was probably time to uh, rip the uh, the bandaid off um, what was not working all, all that well. So uh, mm. it, it was great to see them get a thirty one twenty four win over uh, the Hunter Wildfires. But one of the first things that uh, Barr did. Was to move uh, Christian Kajiatchis to uh, to number ten. So he is obviously the opinion you you get your best player to get his hands on the ball as much as possible, and that's uh, 
that's exactly what, uh, what what it did. Bar, of course, is probably Southern District's most uh, celebrated coach. He took them to grand finals in, I think, 2014, mm-hmm. 2015, and was was generally, as you said, Burjo, uh, right up there with uh, uh, with finals appearance all through his time there. So, uh, yeah, uh, great to see that there's uh, there's some immediate success there. Yeah, no, um, that's, that's that's great for South, and it's just good to see them back uh, in the winner's circle. And, Swaney, they're in touch with the finals. They certainly are. Uh, it's, it's as we say, it's tight. It still remains very tight, but they, they've given themselves a, a sniff, haven't they? They're, they're only a couple of points out of, uh, you know, two wins. They're back in the eight. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. I, I actually spoke to Christian Kayas. This is... He actually say his name. I asked him because um, the the G is silent apparently. So um, there you go. I spoke to oh, him. Well, it's just like Anthony Bergelin. I mean, you know, getting all the pronunciation right of all the Polynesians. Don't forget about us Europeans. Yeah, well, that's right. So Christian Kayasis is how you say Kayasis. Okay. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, we spoke to him. He, he was just uh, happy to get a win on the board. Um, it, it felt like the guys were obviously after. Such a, a, a tumultuous week. The, the the playing group, according to these guys, um, was largely unaware of what was happening, and they mm-hmm. kind of rolled up and um, worked out what was happening on the Thursday. So, yeah, uh, uh, good to see them get a win, though. And you're right; it's the old dead cat bounce uh, situation, uh, and they get a win. Yeah. Um, yeah, they uh, they certainly they certainly need to start stringing those wins together now. Um, you know, they've got a, a, a tough game again this week down at Foreshore against Warringah. Um, they're going to, yeah, that, well, that's, sorry, not, not this weekend. Week this up, weekend. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, they've got a couple of weeks to kind of get their, their ducks in a row. Yeah, a couple of uh, tough weeks for the Wildfires went down at Rat Park and obviously that one at home, they would have been certainly sweating on that result there, Casho, but still firmly entrenched in the top eight. Yeah, very much so. So, um, yeah. Uh, the wildfires continue to, uh, you know, just just sort of like plug away, and you know they've uh, they'll uh, they'll get better in uh, in in sort of like coming weeks for sure. Mm, all right, we'll watch their progress uh, eagerly. We move on to the next game. I was at Manly Oval to watch the Marlins take down the Two Blues, uh, twenty nine to twenty two. This was a tough, brutal game. I cannot start anywhere else but the Manly Oval Grandstand. The Parramatta Choir, the lower graders, um, if you've not been to a Two Blues Parramatta, sorry, I'm sorry I've called them Parramatta, I'm just very used to calling them Parramatta. <laughs> the Western Sydney Two Blues lower graders in the Manly Oval Grandstand, if you've not been to a Two Blues game this year, make sure you do. They are unbelievable. They sing from minute one to minute 80. They've got songs on songs on songs. Um Everyone was enjoying it uh, in the grandstand. I have to say, I wasn't enjoying it. Para, I mean, two, two Blues were giving us an almightily tough game. I was really getting the shits, and they just wouldn't shut up. But uh, <laughs> they were fantastic. Really good. Uh, it was like being at an uh, English Premier League game. They were like an off-firm, just, uh, just non-stop. But uh, I guess you got to love that passion. But um, on the footy itself, um, it was... Tough. I thought the two blues controlled the game pretty much with a better side in the first 40 and then 
Manly sort of uh, grind their way back into the contest. A um, couple of late tries, one to Harrison Blake, Phil's son, and um, then uh, the clincher from Matt Douglas. But they were made to sweat. Para um, had a late raid um, sort of towards the Manly end, and there was sort of a scrum infringement. But, um, yeah, I mean, Manly are consistently winning tight games, which I guess is a good thing. They just haven't pushed away really in any game this year, bar one, uh, I think, against uh, the Pirates. But um, they're at the top of the table for a reason, I guess, Casho. Yeah, very much so. And, and, and Berger, if I could throw a question back at you, Max Douglas continues to uh, deliver when he's at, uh, at, at, at Select Manly Oval and obviously the the training that he's getting out at um, out at Tarland is mm. is helping things sort of like uh, come along sort of like uh, quite nicely. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, Lange Gleeson will be around until after that Australia A stuff because I'd imagine he's an absolute moddy to be involved in, uh, in, in 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 those games uh, over in uh, over in Fiji and, uh, and and the islands as well. So, uh, but yeah, listen, Manly. Are obviously a, a, a better side with uh, the likes of Douglas and Gleeson there. Yeah, they they are. Um, Gleeson, uh, I don't know. I mean, he's been on the bench for the Tars. He's not really a starter. And you've got to think five franchises are going to go into those Australian sides. So will he make Australia eight? But yeah, I would think he might. I mean, he's a player with huge potential. But uh, I mean, hopefully for him he does. Um, if he doesn't, certainly we'll welcome him back to Manly with open arms. Positive for the Marlins out of the game was they uh, the scrum seems to have rectified itself, Swaney. So uh, that certainly uh, was needed. There is new personnel in the front row. Yeah, absolutely. It's been one of those areas that they've struggled, but with um, you know Fepua Leo and uh, Nini and then Blacklock at hooker, who played his hundredth, I believe, didn't he? Hundredth grade game. I think it was stretched over the two Blues and the Marlins. He's had yeah. a great game. But it was a lovely photo of the Blacklock family after the game. Obviously, um, his uh, brother, obviously, uh, I think he just retired now from the two Blues. Um, but mum and dad, Brian and Jenny. Brian was obviously former president of the two Blues and a great shoot shield family. Um, yeah. yeah Blackers has been a great addition to the Manly Club. He's a real larrikin and gets on really well with, with all the guys. I think the other thing that um, obviously Phil Blake would be pretty um, impressed with is the resilience to be able to come back from, they were, you know, they were they were down, um, you know, on the scoreboard for quite a while in that game, weren't they? Um, and to come back and actually win, come from behind and win the game. <laughs> Yeah, I was kicking the footy with my son at half time, and you could hear Phil Blake from about seventy meters away. So, um, oh, really, it was—I uh, would hate to have been in that change if it hadn't have gone their way. But um, I—I uh, I was really impressed with um, with the two Blues. They're just so physical, um, and as we keep mentioning, Tom Curtis is leading them around uh, with a plomb. Rokasuka was excellent. Um, Fapoi, the halfback, uh, both wingers. Excellent and Funa at the back, so they're they're really very strong side. I I, I think they're really going to be um, in the mix uh, come the pointy end. Casho, they're going to give plenty of teams headaches. They're just so physical. Yeah, and as you, as you were saying, they're doing the basic things well, which are not only at the starter games, but also in in that final ten or fifteen minutes, which is which is where they've sort of fallen away in uh, in more recent seasons. So. Uh, you know, guys like uh, JP Soudy, 
James Harper's one of the uh, the sales sharks guys there, uh, mm. tight head prop. And you mentioned Rokasuka and uh, uh, Ethan Kane, who is generally a uh, a hooker when he plays uh, in the UK in, uh, in in the sales system. He's playing in the back row, so obviously having an absolute uh, wow of a time. And uh, Daybeck, the, the the number eight, is, uh, is is very good and leading him very well. There's certainly um, a European uh, UK flavour drifting back in the shoot shield, which is good to see because we've always been a competition that's welcomed the uh, travelling player. Manly also brought on uh, Will Simons. Uh, he's come from over from Was. He looked very, very handy in the second grade game. Um, came on late in the sec in the first grade game. So certainly, I think these sides that might not benefit uh, from rep players coming back are looking to strengthen uh, from other means, Swaney. Yeah, oh, it's happening in Queensland as well. Uh, Stu Lancaster's young fellas come down um, from from the English Premiership and is playing for uh, I think it might be Bond University up here. So yep. yeah, there's there's a there's a bit happening um, from the there's a well the, the clubs are starting to think outside the box a little bit uh, for this talent and um, you know it's the, the likes of. Um, you know, someone like Tom Liner as well, who's in the Queensland Red squad, but probably yeah. nowhere near getting a game yet. Yeah, he, he gets to to play club rugby here as well. So, uh, again, been brought back from overseas. It's it's uh, it's good to see. The scenario yes. with all the UK clubs is is those extended squad members yep. probably haven't played any decent back to back footy for the best part of eighteen months. So, you know, their their development in terms of their game time has been pretty much non-existent and that, and that was the idea of bringing these guys down from sale that uh, that, that they'd get week to week first grade footy in uh, in, in Sydney and they'll, they'll go back to uh, sale uh, at the end of this year tippy top ready to go yeah I, uh, I was talking to an English mate of mine who's based in London still quite involved in rugby he sort of mentioned a lot of guys looking at Australia and New Zealand um, and South Africa because the salary cap drop in the Premiership this season means a load of players are out of contracts. So uh, that may, you know, see more and more of these players coming down south. And um, the reason clubs do recruit players is to compete with the might of the likes of Sydney Uni and Eastwood, two of our best sides uh, in the competition, <laughs> went hammer and tong at university ground. Um, the empire is starting to rumble. It's looking ominous. University 31, Eastwood 20. Um I think we've got our form team and maybe premiership favourites here, Casho, Sydney Uni. Yeah, and as we say virtually every week, the formula hasn't changed all that all that much. They're just uh, adding bells and whistles uh, each week and obviously uh, yeah. uh, their coaching group has recognised what works and, uh, you know, that uh, get it down the corner, uh, take, take it to a rolling mall. Actually, it'd be an interesting uh, look back o- over the highlights about how many tries throughout the shoot shield were scored from uh, from rolling malls each week. So, uh, and obviously, uh, uni do it, uh, and they do it very well, and it works. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. I, I would think thirty to forty percent of all tries are scored from from rolling malls. Yeah. I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a good thing for you know promoting the game, but. Certainly, uh, most sides will pick up a try um, that way, even in a, in a losing side. But yeah, Uni were were really impressive. Um, it was a tight game to sort of um, 
uh, laid on. Tui Sese had an absolute blinder for the Woody Swaney. Yeah, the, the try that he scored where he's kind of just uh, taken the quick tap and caught, yep. yeah, caught them unawares, run straight up the middle and swan-dived into the uh, under the post was a, was a beauty. Um, yeah, the, you're right, Sydney Uni, a couple of things like Louis Holland looked pretty, you know, comfortable at 10 for them. Um, mm, it looks like he might have hurt himself, though. He was, yeah, um, he was limping over the line. He was for limping his... around after he scored his try, and I think yeah. he might have substituted. looked like a groin. So Will Goddard at 15 is, mm. like, he's just sprightly, isn't he? Really, it's a ball of muscle. Yeah, really hard to, to bring down. And then that try that Jack McCallum scored to kind of seal mm. the game, one of the tries of the year again, just yep. went through all sorts of hands, um, really well constructed, guys just drawing and passing. Angus Bell involved a couple of times. Yeah, Bell was great again. Um, yeah, I, I, I rate how Sydney Uni won that game. Uh, and they they take home the inaugural Robert and Jack Shoot Memorial Trophy, um, which was it was celebrating well, century, yeah, yeah a, a century since uh, Robert Shute tragically passed away on the on the field uh, after a, a tackle gone wrong from another man named Jack Shute. Um, yeah, it's a, an extraordinary story. Anyway, they um, at Manly Oval, at Manly Oval, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very and, and Jack Shute ended up being the first president of Eastwood and. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, there's all these um, you know, beautiful synergies around it, but 100 years since that happened, and here we are today. And the two clubs um played off for it on, on the weekend, and it was great to see that. A um, uh, an old boys exhibition match at half time, uh, refereed by uh, Nathan Shute as well. Yep. He was running um, the touch, uh, Nathan, for first grade, and uh, big shout out to him because he's an avid listener of Shootcast and uh. He's certainly a passionate rugby man, isn't he? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, great to see. So yeah, it was a, it was certainly um, a, a great afternoon down there at uh, at what they call the birthplace of Australian rugby. Yes, um, here's my hot take for the week. I feel like it's uh, this year's first grade might be a little bit more diluted in previous years, just because we've come out of COVID. Like we said, it's been taking a while to get this sort of the travelling player. Finances maybe not be as high. So in a diluted competition, um, I feel even though Sydney Uni have lost 13 of their regular starters from last year, they're going to be very hard to beat again this season unless some of these sides uh, can drag some of this talent from super to their clubs or look to recruit. And I think that's been the model of this competition for a long time, hasn't it, uh, Kasia? Oh, yeah, very much so. So, uh, you know, like if uh, a team like the Marlins get a, get a couple back, uh, you know, Norse, Norse might get a, a Sinclair back. Uh, uh, East might might get a truckload of people back. Mm. So uh, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, of course, of course, uh, uh, Uni, Uni had numerous guys in that uh in, in, in that uh, system a, a, a bit further up, so uh, you know which uh, yeah. you know you're uh, you know you're uh, you 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 trumped here and you trumped there. So well, it's whether it's you know usually they would get back um, you know your Phipps and your Gordons, which Jake Gordon I guess will come back uh, at some point. Um, on this, I mean he's going to be a Wallabies third stringer. I say well, may might be second string. He's had a very good season. Um, so he may, may, may or may not come back. They're going to probably get one or two props. So it's a matter of how many bells and whistles they get. Um, if they start getting 
four, five bells and whistles, it becomes pretty tough, Swanee. Oh yeah, yeah. Abs- We've all abs- found that found that out the hard way. Absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they and because they all they all buy into that that game plan as well, don't they? They know it yeah. straight away. There's no adjustment period for them. No. Uh, it feels like everywhere else there's an adjustment period. We were talking about it earlier, but uh, but it doesn't feel like it. It is uh, down there at Sydney Uni. Well, we've got a week off um, ahead of us. Uh, Swaney, you be putting the feet up, mate, or you got some duties this week? No, I'll be uh, down in uh, Sydney producing the um, semi-finals for Super Rugby, um, and then uh, I'll also try and uh, get back though for Saturday to um, go watch some junior rugby, like I've been doing the last couple of weeks. It's been fantastic. Mate, coaching uh, the brothers uh, Unmighty Under Sixes, is it? Under Sevens. I, I wouldn't. Under I wouldn't sevens. say I wouldn't go as far as coaching. I'm just uh, just chiming in from the sidelines. But I I taught the boys the team song the other day, and Ooh. I came in I came in for some uh, for some criticism from some of my ex teammates because there's Has obviously it been gentrified. Yeah, there's a, there's obviously a uh, there's a there's a seniors version and then there's a juniors version. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I had I, to uh, I had to uh, edit out some some lewd language for the young fellas. I gentrified the Manly Boom Boom to keep up with uh, modern times and I uh, was on the hill uh, a couple of weeks ago for a big win and it's uh, it's been forgotten. So, uh, <laughs> Copped it. Uh, and how about you, Cash? Results throughout New South Wales. We're running into uh, this weekend, I think it's the uh, the state championships, is it? Yes, always the state championships, Queen's birthday long weekend. So uh, plenty of... Uh, Young footy, young talent to get out there and see all across the state. Usually there'll be regional games, there'll be metropolitan games. So um, if you're out there and involved, good luck. And uh, if you can have a watch of some rugby, there's certainly. And, and the other thing is great to see that a lot of the senior clubs are doing jumper presentations to a lot of these junior sides, which oh, is great. Uh, which is a very important part of the journey and the pathway. It certainly is. Certainly is. Well, well that's good stuff. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, boys. Great to be back on deck. We'll. Um, We'll get a week off next week, so enjoy that. I mean, I probably should have timed my holiday a bit better. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Mate, you can always have a couple of Fiji golds this weekend too. Yeah, it's funny. The gold tastes like Forex gold and the bitter tastes like VV bitter. So, I, you know, any beer on holiday is a good beer, but I probably won't be racing back to them. <laughs> too good. Thanks, Swanee. Thanks, Casho. Thanks, Thanks mate. Cheers, lads. Bye.